The range of maladies people may suffer is incredibly wide, from minor inconveniences to life-threatening. But when someone says they experience something called exploding head syndrome, you might imagine a scene from a Stephen King novel. It's not as scary as its name suggests, but exploding head syndrome is a real disorder, and it can be problematic. Sound asleep, middle of the night, all of a sudden there's this huge crashing sound that I hear. And I was totally positive that something had fallen in the kid's bedroom. In my mind, I'm picturing shelves falling, books falling, falling onto children. I mean, it was just, I don't know what it was because it was a loud crash. That's Walter Mishka, a health blogger who's experienced exploding head syndrome. I bolted up in bed and grabbed the flashlight I have, and I started sneaking around the upstairs trying to find what had fallen because it was a loud crash. Couldn't find anything, so I thought, I'll wait till the morning, see what happened. Kids seemed okay, so I just went back to bed. And in the morning, there was nothing. Nothing fell. Nothing had happened. I had no idea what it was. And that is exploding head syndrome. Just when you're falling asleep, you hear a loud crash or banging noise that startles you awake, and you swear you heard it and get up to investigate, but eventually realize it was all in your head. The name of the syndrome is obviously colorful, but Mishka isn't so sure that's a good thing. It kind of almost trivializes it, the name. It kind of makes it sound silly or like a weird sci-fi movie or something. It is a little disconcerting when you have it, when your head explodes in the middle of the night. I kind of feel like it should have a better name, but it hasn't come around to that yet. But Dr. Brian Sharpless says the name is what everyone remembers. Sharpless is assistant professor of psychology at Washington State University and author of the book Sleep Paralysis. It's certainly a dramatic name, and it was coined by an English psychiatrist by the name of J.M.S. Peirce. If you go through the literature, it's been called various things, and they've all been fairly dramatic. So in the 1920s, it was called a snapping of the brain. And if you go back to Silas Ware Mitchell's original descriptions in 1876, he called them sensory discharges. So it's certainly an attention grabber. So yes, the name is unusual, but Sharpless says exploding head syndrome is more widespread than most people think. I was able to find some descriptions of it going back as early as 1876. There's been so little research on it, we really don't know if it's increasing or decreasing. The clinical lore said that it was essentially a rare disorder that only occurred in people over the age of 50. So in order to test that out, I interviewed along with my grad students over 200 people using a clinical interview I developed. And what we found was it actually wasn't rare. We found it in 13.5% of the sample with much higher rates if you suffer from another sleep disorder called isolated sleep paralysis. So it didn't seem to be rare in a sample of relatively young students. Exploding head syndrome isn't physically harmful, as its name may imply, so some doctors dismiss it. But Sharpless warns that the psychological effects can take a heavy toll. By themselves, these episodes are harmless if they are truly exploding head syndrome. By definition, you can't have any more than a mild sensation of pain during the events. If you're having significant pain during it, you should probably definitely get a check out. So where it becomes a problem is in how people respond to it. So I've seen cases of people that experience it five to seven times a night. So you can imagine that causes quite a bit of sleep disruption. And it can be associated with a lot of fear. People might think there's something really wrong with them. They might be having subarachnoid hemorrhages. They might be having all sorts of things going on. They might actually try to avoid going to sleep or start having um, feared responses even when going into their bedroom. For them, anxiety can lead to sleepless nights and dead, tired days. For others, exploding head syndrome really is no big deal. 
Doctors don't know what triggers the perception of exploding sounds, but Sharpless says it seems to be related to sleep paralysis, where a person wakes up temporarily unable to speak or move. As with any relatively understudied phenomenon, there are a lot of theories out there. The one that I think makes the most sense is that you have a part of your brainstem called the reticular formation. One of the things it's responsible for is shutting down your body as you go to sleep. So what it'll do is kind of like a computer shutting down. It'll start inhibiting your visual neurons, your um, motor neurons. What we think happens in exploding head syndrome is that instead of shutting your auditory neurons down, what it does is makes them fire all at once. And that's why you get this really massive, loud, undifferentiated noise. It may be related to sleep paralysis for the same part of the brain because in sleep paralysis, the reticular formation actually inhibits your motor neurons, which is normal during REM sleep. But um, when it happens when you're awake, as it does in sleep paralysis, it's pretty scary, too. Since exploding head syndrome is not completely understood, Sharpless says that doctors have few treatment options. For patients who are disrupted by it, specialists have prescribed several different drugs, but results are mixed. There are some case reports in the literature of different ways to treat it. So certain psychotropic drugs might be helpful. Particular types of antidepressants in a small number of cases have been shown to be useful. The anticonvulsant drug called topiramate, which is brand named Topamax, has been reported to not reduce the frequency of the episodes, but what it does, it turns the volume down, so it's less distressing when they happen. But probably the easiest thing to do to help people is just to educate them about it and reassure them that it's not a dangerous phenomenon. It's just a strange sort of misfiring in your brain. But if it is causing you problems or if it is associated with pain, you should certainly go to a doc to check it out. And you should look for a sleep specialist who has experience with what are called parasomnias, which is the class of disorders that exploding head syndrome is in. Luckily for Mishka, his exploding head syndrome was one of those harmless cases. After a few occurrences, it just sort of went away. He says if he were to give advice to someone experiencing the same things, he'd keep it simple. So obviously tell them you're not crazy and I don't think it's debilitating. I'm like, from what I've read, it's not dangerous in any way. To me, I kind of just roll with it. Though the name suggests otherwise, exploding head syndrome is a manageable condition for most sufferers. For the unfortunate few, though, every night seems noisy and exhausting. Dr. Brian Sharpless invites listeners to check his website at briansharpless.com. You can find Walter Mishka's blog at chicagonow.com slash openheart or through a link on our website, radiohealthjournal.net. Our writer-producer this week is Evan Rook. Our production directors are Sean Waldron and Nick Hofstra. I'm Nancy Benson. Today, one out of every five American children have obesity. The American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons encourages parents to keep an open dialogue with their physicians about the impact of excess weight on their children's bone and joint health. Dr. Michael Parks is an orthopedic surgeon specializing in joint replacement. Every day I see adult patients who have aches and pains in their hips, knees, and ankles because they're overweight or have obesity. Every pound of body weight places four to six pounds of pressure on the knee joint. For children, too much weight also places excess stress on their growth plate, leading to a higher risk for broken bones, early arthritis, and other serious conditions. Encourage your kids to get up, get out, and get moving. Preventing childhood obesity is critical. 
Children who are overweight or have obesity also are likely to develop lifelong bone and joint health issues. You can find resources on childhood obesity and bone and joint health at anationinmotion.org slash obesity. That's anationinmotion.org slash obesity.